Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. Kenichiwa, and you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, and we're coming to you a little bit later than normal today as Ireland had their press conference out in the sticks, as they're liking to call it, Umeria. How's my pronunciation, Rory? Very good, very good. It's getting better, Keen. Thank you, thank you. I was brushing up while you were in Toyota last night. Um, the good news is, for listeners, we've got the dream team back together. Jonathan Bradley from the Belfast Telegraph, how are you? Not too bad, how's it for him? Not too bad. I was asking in the taxi all the way out here. It took us maybe about 20 minutes from where we're staying in Hamamatsu, how you were getting on, and you said you're kind of just about over your jet lag. Yep, I feel good now. Went to bed at a normal time, woke up at a normal time, so I think that's me ready for the World Cup now. That's the thing, though. When you think, of you, when you think you're just about over the jet lag, it pulls you back in. So I um, hope I'm good now. My periodization wasn't right from the get-go, mm. but uh, I, I think I'm okay now. Yeah, so we're we're out here, guys. In yeah, quite a bit outside Hamamatsu. It's not where Ireland are, tri- are staying. It's where they're s- training. Um, we're looking out at it now. The gym that they were in looks like an old prefab that that I was in in primary school. Um, it's not exactly set of the art, but the pitch, which is behind the building, is apparently supposed to be very good. Nothing wrong with the security anyway, because we came up the wrong driveway and got <laughs> shouted shouted down by a very uh, enthusiastic Japanese security guard. Who didn't like the look of us one bit, but um, yeah, I w- think w- the w- should, should, sorry, I just interrupted there. Should we said that one of the journalists in our car forgot his accreditation, and he won't be named, but he said, "I'm from Cork. It'll be grand." <laughs> but they did just, they did just about. Narrow, I think he's the only Corkman on tours. So you've narrowed it down fairly well. Um, like it's pretty. Like, uh, we can't really see the pitches. There's signs all over the place saying no media here, no media there. It's pretty much Joe Schmidt's paradise. <laughs> so uh, like, there's no no sign of what's going on in training. But look, apparently it's a very nice facility. They're playing. They're staying in what's supposed to be the best golf course in Japan um, in a very traditional Japanese hotel I think um, talking to Rob Carney earlier he was talking about sleeping outside with crickets I don't know how how uh, extreme it is but it sounds pretty luxurious at the same time but Schmidt has name checked the hotel twice mm. uh, for some reason he, he's very taken by it and I think they quite like the idea of being away from it all given the focus that will be on this game against Japan but also after being in this, like we were in Chiba for what four or five nights then Yokohama both very built up big areas they've got a bit of time to breathe here after a really good performance, and it seems like just it's very hard to judge from the outside. We're at these press conferences; they're very staged, but it does seem like they're quite relaxed. Yeah, the it, it very much suits them being out in the sticks, and like you mentioned, there are top class golf courses. We're we're starting to see a bit of similarities about what they do back home in Carton House. So this is nothing new to them. I was chatting to someone there; they have the whole place to themselves, which obviously is not the case when they're in somewhere like Carton House. So the whole place is on lockdown, like you said. The training facility here is pretty much on lockdown, so Joe Schmidt couldn't be happier, I guess, especially after the weekend's result as well, Jonathan. I think, yeah, we're going to start hearing the phrase, the Umeria bubble pretty soon. 
<laughs> uh, it's definitely very Carden House-esque out here. But yeah, I think it is good for them to be out of the way. Kenny and I were at the Japanese press conference earlier, and it was... I was there as well, down the back. Oh, sorry, I didn't see <laughs> it. Yeah, but he left when the, all the good stuff came. He oh, was, he was right, bored. right, okay. The, yeah, the double translation was uh, making things drag out a bit. But yeah, I think it is probably good to be that bit more out of the way, because you can see, even when you are in the city, just how much more um, in the middle of things you are in terms of the Japanese media, definitely. And just to get away from the hype, I suppose, because this is going to be a huge game, one, in terms of the pool, but just in terms of Japan's World Cup, their home World Cup, because they're looking at this. You know, we've asked a few of the players, like, are you going to focus on Scotland now? And you only really need to win one of these games. But they're saying, you know, every game is a final, is a phrase that we've heard a few times the last two days. This is a huge game for them and one that they're really targeting as much as we would think it might make sense to go after Scotland. The thing is, I think the people back home probably don't realise is that it's so hot here. I mean, it's much warmer than it was in Yokohama. We love our weather updates. On yeah, I know, <laughs> but it is. Like, it's, it's it, like the first thing that, no, you notice, we got the bullet train, it's the first thing you do when you step off, it's so close. It's not as bad today, but I think it will be a factor when you're playing against a team who are used to playing in these conditions. Um, you know, on their home crowd, you know, on their home turf, in front, front of their home crowd, they've had an eight-day turnaround, Ireland have a six-day turnaround. Like, I think Ireland will win this game, but I do think that, you know, you could take Japan for granted at your peril. I think they will throw a few shots at Ireland and cause Ireland some problems, particularly there's going to be a few big names missing, and the big update from today was that Johnny Sexton's probably not going to play, so that's, um, that's a big one, you know? Yeah, and I guess the, the good news is we discussed it on yesterday's podcast that Joey Carberry looks like he's going to come back. The update on Robbie Henshaw was quote-unquote that he was going to do a lot of running today um i guess he's a major doubt as well there's i don't think any of us are going no, to be expecting to i'd say robbie like robbie Hanchos, i would say is firmly out i'd yeah. say you're looking at maybe russia probably samoa for him Um just if you go on the hard and fast joe schmidt rule which you know is not isn't so hard to fast all the time if you don't train on tuesday you don't play in, on mm-hmm. the weekend and, current, and maybe that's different in the six-day turnaround but Johnny Saxon didn't train today, and why would you risk him? You know, if he's got a bit of a bit of a bang on his on his muscle, just don't play him. Just put in Joey Carberry. He needs the games anyway, and he got it back to players. Look at what happened at the weekend. They backed Larmer and Conway, and, and it went really well. well. I think that's the thing as well. You know, you you want Joey Carberry to get minutes. You know, he's played very very little. He's had the game against Italy, and that's it for this season. So you want him up and running as well. Because the other thing as well is. Obviously, we saw during the Scotland game, Conor Murray taking on goal-kicking responsibility. Joey Carberry will be the primary goal-kicker against Japan, obviously. So you don't want to be in another situation, I suppose, where you're carrying Sexton but having somebody else do the goal-kicking. Yeah, it's a pretty good backup to have. In more positive news, I guess, is uh, Bundyaki and Robbie Henshaw, or sorry, Bundyaki and Peter Magny have passed their HIA protocols. So they're fit and ready to go is what we're told but I would agree with you Rod I would apply that same logic that you do about Johnny Sexton to Bundyaki and Peter Matney I don't think they have to play this weekend I think like Chris Farrell did a good enough job I think in Reese Ruddock you have someone who could easily come in and captain the team so they're in good good shape that sense but Jonathan you mentioned the Japan press conference before Rod had departed after he had departed there was a couple of interesting lines in there um, the scrum half whose name Nakate is Nagare Nagare his name is, yeah he played against Ireland twice in 2017 really confident speaker and like you said they have they've targeted this and they genuinely believe that they can upset Ireland and then we had their young tight head prop who kind of was asked about the impression of the Ireland scrum and you know it was through a translator but he said oh the thing I've taken from it is that the loose head scrummages in from the side. So 
Japan are they're playing a game here, aren't they? I mean, Angus Gardner is the referee this weekend, and they're, they're well out to play the mind games. Like, I, I think the big issue for them is going to be backing up this talk, isn't it? Well, obviously, like when you look at who's been up for them since they've had the scrum coach. Yesterday they had a tight head. Today they had a loose head, a tight head. They're obviously looking to direct the conversation towards the scrum. I think it's probably because that's an area where they think Ireland will look to get at them. As you say, they're planting the seed already. The Kane Healy scrums illegally. Um, Luke Thompson was asked afterwards, after the Russia game, do you think that's somewhere where they're going to really target us? And his response was, well, they can try. So as you say, there's been a real sort of confidence exuded from this camp. So, so, so far, we've had Keane Healy scrummaging questioned, whether the back three can uh, play the high ball. We've had whether they leave too much space outside. Like, in terms of just your normal build-up to an international week, you've had far more of a critique from uh, the opposition on Ireland's play than you're ever likely to get for any other game, I think. Yeah, it's great from our point of view, Rod, isn't it? But I'm really not sure if Ireland will take much notice of, of any of that, will they? Oh, well, I don't need to take much notice of the external stuff. I think what Joe Schmidt will much more be focused on is the fact that um, Jamie Joseph and um, Tony Brown, the coaches spent time with England during the Six Nations, would have watched how they prepared for the Ireland games. The fact that Tony Brown was actually in the Irish setup. Um, at one stage in 2017 before he got this job so there is kind of a bit of intel there I think Felix Schmidt Jones part two. a little bit of that yeah so I think there's a bit of knowledge there his brother was part of the Connacht setup so he'd know a lot about the Irish setup as well so I think that I don't think Joe Schmidt will take this fixture lightly he never does you know he, he has been talking about South Africa a little bit but you know he won't look beyond this game he'll be f- firmly focused on beating Japan and you know taking further control of this pool yeah, it's something that we discussed yesterday, getting that balance right between giving you know, the respect that Japan obviously deserve in Samoa and Russia, but in the background you can imagine that there are plans being put in place for South Africa. Well, absolutely, and as there should be, because when you look at, that, when you look at the pools now, barring an absolute disaster for one or the other, it's going to be Ireland against South Africa. So I do think that they'll be looking at that last date as they will have done long before. You know, Richie Murphy was speaking there and he said there's always things ticking over in the background. It's been, what, two years near enough since they've known it's going to be either South Africa or New Zealand. So there will have been a build-up of intel already. But I do think it would be it would be foolish not to be really honing in on that now. Yeah, and I guess with, with Japan being so bullish, like... Ireland have to give them the respect and while the scrum half who we were talking to said they're not really talking about the South African game um, at the last World Cup it's a warning sign isn't it that if you do take your eye off the ball and they're, they're further down the, the line as well aren't they than they, what they were back then that they could take a scalp now, it will take a monumental upset but they're talking a good game well they've played so many more tier one nations as well than the last time you know it was so rare for them to be playing a tier one nation in 2015 but as they said at the press conference today, they've played all of them since. And, you know, they gave England a good rattle for a while. They gave even the All Blacks a good rattle for a while in terms of the amount of points that they scored. So they've shown that they can't take it to these sides. And that'll be the danger for Ireland. But I I don't think that Ireland are going to get complacent. It's just, it's not in their nature, I don't think. Might be no harm to get, for Ireland to get a real test and be put under a bit of scrutiny, a bit of, a bit of duress and, and come out the other side of it. I don't think Japan will get over the line, but I think they'll be targeting a losing bonus point at least, and they'll be looking at that Scotland game at the last, the last game of the last round in Yokohama, as the way to finish. You know, I think they Scotland look vulnerable. They've lost two really good players since they left. I think Samoa will be looking at Scotland as well. 
um, they'll be expecting obviously a response but I think Japan will look to try and get something like they don't want their, their points difference to be affected they want to be strong coming towards the end of this pool they're, they're talking a, a good game especially particularly around the scrum area when you'd imagine that that will be one where Ireland will probably you'd imagine dominate them but they played each other two years ago when most of the, the frontline Ireland players were either kind of given the summer off or played on the Lions tour and Ireland won comfortably in both occasions so it's interesting to see that they are so confident that they can pull this off, isn't it? I guess in the home soil at World Cup, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, like as you say, when you're looking at the team that played in Shizuoka the last time, you know, you've only got 10 of that 23 that's actually here in Japan. So in a lot of ways, you think it's going to be different. But you asked the question earlier of um, what exactly has changed in these two years, do you think? But as you say, they were quite bullish about it. If we've learned so much from those games, we've learned so much in the intervening two years that they do think they're, they're a different team to the one that they were two years ago, as opposed to Ireland, who are obviously very different in terms of personnel. Yeah, I've introduced a new segment, guys, I should have probably told you before this, where I put out a few questions to listeners. Um, they got in touch. Um, Rod, I have one for you because you were at Wales last night. Yep. Um, how was your trip? Very enjoyable, yeah. It was three trains to get there, cross-country through paddy fields, a bit of a different side of Japan to get to Toyota, which is in the Achi Prefecture. So it's uh, the next one over in the, a bit northwest of here. It's actually not that far, but just it's not on the same train line. Um, interesting journey. Um, unbelievable stadium. It's Grampus 8. It looks very great, cool, yeah, actually. It's Grampus yeah. 8's ground, where Gary Langer used to play. Okay. A bit more strict on the, uh, the kind of uh, rules in the stadium compared to Yokohama. Much uh, more compact press conference. It's like a bit of a kind of Thoman Park on steroids it's just taller and wider than, than Thoman Park is Topical it's a similar shape <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it was nice it was it was a I mean the game was over pretty quickly Wales were quite clinical you know you go and try and see if, if they've feeling a bit of pressure after the Rob Howley stuff Warren Gatland spoke really well afterwards around that so is that, that what the question is yes, I was just going to say so the real burger has asked Keen, what's the real story with Rob Howley so I guess you were down there what's you probably don't know the real story but what was the mood I, well I was asking a couple of fellow journalists and you know to, to, to what was the real story and they were saying, look, about four or five people actually know what the story is. Um, and they're all, you know, sworn to confidentiality. So what, what's out there is all rumor, conjecture and viral WhatsApp messages that are completely untrue. No one really knows what the real story is that Rob Howdy's back in, in Wales and he watched Wales score four tries off uh, first phase attack yesterday. So I'd say he did it with a right smile. There's an investigation ongoing. Um, it will be, you know, you can't comment on it until there's actually a result. What Wales are doing is they're putting it behind them. They've won their game to play Australia on Sunday in what should be the best game of the round two kind of fixtures because we're seeing, like, last night was a bit of a hammering. I think we're going to get it. I mean, interesting end tonight, Russian Samoa. Then we're going to get the, um, you know, England, USA. That's going to be a hammering. There's going to be a lot of hammerings in the next kind of week or so. I think, we've, you know, the world will be clearly front-loaded the fixtures and now we're getting kind of the more mismatches that, that, that happen at World Cups and it looks further and further away that we're going to get a shock because Georgia for all that they've improved over the years they're not improving at the same level that everyone else is yeah and you got a good interview with Graham Roundtree as well which will be in tomorrow's Irish Independence so any Munster fans should obviously check that out Jonathan uh, final question here from Gavin Mitchell Hockey in with limited options at fullback because of Rob Kearney's injury concerns should Joe consider bringing in the necessary cover especially if we may face South Africa in the quarterfinals now on this I guess the man who you know would have been the next off the plane uh, or on the plane Will Addison, it's after picking up an injury, so does that complicate it a bit? Yeah, well, there's limited options at fullback at home as well, I guess, as as I tear. You know, the, Healy would probably be the next one, I suppose, that's fit now. Dave Kearney? 
man. He stayed around. He was in, he was in camp longer. Yeah, well, I guess you'd have Andrew Conway, who we, we said last week could easily play there, and Jordan Armour was outstanding, wasn't he, at fullback? So. Yeah, for, fullback's not a concern, I think, for me. I think, you know, I think Car- well, Carney's going to play, I think, at the weekend. Um, Larmour did, you know, didn't let anyone down at the weekend either, so that's... Um, like that, you know, that, that's an, an obvious one. I think the concern is probably more around Henshaw and whether you need to bring another centre. That's why Addison was perfect because yeah. he did both. Um, but the concern is easing a bit. Looks like Earls will be fit. They're saying Aki will will be fit to play. So, um, but Addison, you know, they would have they would have liked to have had Addison on standby. I think that, you know, last time they brought out Reese Woodock, he was completely unfit and he 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 was struggled against Argentina. You need to have your stand up standby lads playing rugby as well. Like Addison hasn't played since that warm up game that he played so well in Cardiff. Well, that's a double edged sword of pulling him out of that Glasgow friendly because yeah. obviously he didn't want him to get injured, but he needed minutes. Yeah. We're still now in a situation where he's played that one game since the end of January for Ulster and it is obviously a concern that you don't want players to pick up injuries when they get out here and the fact that he's now going to miss the first game for Ulster as well doesn't make him ideal injury cover obviously if he's looking very susceptible to injuries himself. Yeah, it'd be interesting if we ever get to see Joey Carberry, a fullback with maybe six and a ten. Rod, we spoke so much, uh, I touched on it yesterday with Richie Mwanga and Bode Baird and how well that worked and that would be an incredible, and I know a lot of people still think Joey Carberry's best position is 15. I personally think he's a ten, but it would well, be great to see, wouldn't it? I, I think it will happen at some stage. It might not happen. I don't think we'll see Joey Carberry in a number 15 jersey, but I think he'll, he'll mm. move there during games, especially that, you know if Rob Kearney gets through 60 minutes of the weekend Joe, and things are going well. Joe Schmidt might might shift Carberry there. It makes it makes sense. You know he, he has actually played there a lot for Ireland. If you look at the minutes across the board, just not from the start. Yeah, well, we're getting uh, angry looks. We from, missed all of our taxis. Yeah, yeah. we're getting angry looks from a from a taxi man here. If there's yeah, no, there is one there. I can see him. <laughs> uh, yeah, we better we better call it a day. But we will be back tomorrow. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Cheers, thank you. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.